two ladies get action. The podcast where two best friends talk about getting action. Movies. This week we watched the movie Uncharted uh, with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. This was one where I was like, we're going to do a new one. It's going to be so fun. It was actually really welcome after this week. You want to talk about this week, Rebecca? Yeah, <laughs> I think, I mean, yeah, how, how could we not? This is a very good time to remind our audience that we record these a little bit in, in advance. So when you're hearing this, it will be several weeks after you've heard this news. But for us, in our timeline, this just happened uh, three days ago, or no, two days ago, Friday. Um, but the thing that happened that we're alluding to is that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on Friday. I like, I can't even, just hearing you say that makes me so sick. Like I, I just know, it can't. makes you want to cry saying it out loud. I just can't comprehend it. I mean, there really are no words. It's, it's, I'm laughing because I don't want to start crying. Um, but it's yeah. the most devastating thing. It's just the most devastating thing. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to speak in hyperbole and say like in my lifetime, you know, or in our generation or, you know, because there's good arguments for lots of horrible things. Uh, but this is really, really fucking terrible. Yeah. I was in a coffee shop the other day and looking at all the, like all these teenage girls wandered in and all these like little toddler toddlers were running around and I just nearly started crying. Like just thinking of the world that they're going to grow up in and a world where they're not assured that they're equal human beings or rather a world where the Supreme court has just confirmed they're not equal. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be a teenager now and have Mm -hmm. first of all pandemic and then have this happen. I have, I mean, I have a lot of feelings on uncharted, but it was kind of nice to have this movie just to be like, whatever we're putting it on (laughs) yeah it's interesting I've had a full day of uh distraction Mm -hmm. in in the way of film um Friday I couldn't escape any of my feelings about all this today I went and had a really amazing film experience I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark here in our neighborhood at the United Palace Theater which is this majestic space we talked about before and it had a talk afterwards with Lin-Manuel Miranda and Steven Spielberg that's just amazing that's it was unreal. Cool. It was unreal, Ren. It was so nuts. It just, it was like this flood of emotions and like serotonin. Like when he walked out, I just, I couldn't believe I was in the same room with him. Yeah. And in our neighborhood. In our neighborhood. It, yeah. It really just felt like completely unreal, you know, to like study this man's films in college and high school and like forever, you know, just to have them be a part of our, our world, Jurassic Park and ET and Jaws and Saving Private Ryan and Indiana Jones and Schindler's List, like the, his work is so prolific and so varied. And he was so like humble and interesting and so excited to talk about his movies. Oh, he seemed like so charmed by the questions and like nothing was like, and, and also a very good point to this film series. This is not a Q and A and I hate a Q and A. <laughs> this was just Lin-Manuel and uh Steven Spielberg talking one-on-one I'd never seen it until today <gasps> what <laughs> oh my god I am shocked I thought you, I had seen it but I hadn't I'd only seen like the first 15 minutes Raiders of the Lost Ark nope not until today oh, I have to okay I'm sorry I have to know your takeaway I loved it yeah I mean there's no other word yeah there's no way it's brilliant know. it's funny the the action's amazing um Harrison Ford is 
affable and charismatic um, and, you know, reluctant and exasperated and all these things. Um, I loved it. Apparently he's the reason we have PG-13 movies. Oh, really? Yes. So the first Indiana Jones uh, is rated PG and Lin-Manuel was asking, how did you ever get a PG rating? And he explained like back in that time, you could basically sit down with the, the ratings board and like debate with them. <laughs> like, okay, too much blood in this scene. What if we did, you know, what if I took out two frames of it? Could that knock it down a little bit? And, you know, negotiations about the edit. And they really didn't like the face melting scene at the end. They're like, that's really bad. We want to give it an R. So he negotiated with them on, on Raiders. And then Temple of Doom came out and they're like, we really want to give this an R. Like, this is not a PG movie. And he said to the ratings board, like, I agree, but I also don't think it's an R. There should be something in between, like a, like a 14, like a parental guidance under 14 movie. And then the next day they announced they're doing PG-13. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? What, what a great story. Yeah. And he was just full of these stories and he just seemed so happy to be there. And of course he got like huge, you know, standing ovations and he seemed like actually very moved to be getting this big standing ovation. Oh, and I didn't know this. He, he filmed quite a bit of um, West Side Story in our neighborhood. I did know that actually, because they also filmed it down where I used to live in, uh, um, in Harlem, right mm -hmm. off of 145th. It was just so special. There's so many little nuggets like that from this conversation. I was also really, so many things clicked for me watching it. Oh. Going, oh duh this movie was referencing that oh duh the, oh it's so funny the mummy is the mummy's brendan fraser is harrison ford and raiders of the lost ark i was gonna say raiders of the lost <laughs> ark walked so so that the mummy could run well put because i still believe the mummy is a perfect film <laughs> well i was gonna say um i'm sorry that you watched indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark and then watched uncharted but <laughs> Yeah, the, the caliber is uh, a little huh. different. <laughs> How has your week been? We're separated by, by so much land and no oceans. Yes, um, it's been good. I am dog sitting up in Massachusetts. So I'm having a really lovely like cottage core couple <laughs> of weeks with some very sweet dogs and cats. Yeah, my, my version of distraction was that I went thrifting and found a bunch of fabrics that I'm gonna make into things. I love it where I am right now. I love um, this part of Western Massachusetts and- It is like a, like a country retreat, you know? Yeah, exactly. How did you feel about Uncharted? So, <laughs> um, you know, it's like, it's like someone had a recipe. And they put together, you know, the flour and the shortening, like all in the butter, all the ingredients, except for none of them were that high quality. And then they forgot to bake it and they called it cookies anyway, <laughs> <laughs> which like, I like cookie dough too, but it wasn't cookie dough. They, they forgot to stir it too. It's not a bad movie, but I just felt like it was soulless. <laughs> I, I'll go much more into it, but that was my initial my initial thought, I wrote down soulless at the end. Well, how did you feel about this film? Yeah, so I was watching it with um, a friend in the neighborhood who is a little bit older and usually watches films that are like Oscar nominations or like really high quality. And I had prefaced it by being like, I don't know how this movie will be. It will be fun. Um, and I was just like, 
about halfway through, I think Tom Holland was like fighting with somebody and he was, oh no, he's doing like a bunch of pull-ups and push-ups. Oh, with his shirt off. Yeah. Yeah. And I suddenly went, oh, I don't think we're the right people for this film. Like who who are the right people? The right audience? I think maybe 14 year olds. Mm, Okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah. I really wanted to like it. I sort of feel about this movie the same way I do about Red Notice which is like you said it has all the ingredients and it has the formula it has the indiana jones formula Mm -hmm. and i would even say like they forgot maybe they didn't like cream the butter with the sugar yeah i think they also use cheap butter yeah you're right they use like margarine Um, even worse they didn't preheat the oven they just like shoved (laughs) they didn't preheat the oven no turned the oven on so all the elements that should have worked i was just like oh, we're moving on to the next scene already? Or like, am I supposed to feel something about this? Did you catch the post credit scene? <laughs> Which ones? All of them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, it felt like the post credit scene, you know, where, there, where there's a man with an eye patch, that one, felt like they got a studio note that was like all the loose ends. Tie them all up. Yeah, but do it right now. Like, basically it felt like a completely like a, a little short film that they had to tack on to the end they must have filmed separately you know like on one day because this movie like doesn't work without like what happens to the cat what what happens to the ring he's wearing around his neck the entire time we only see the brother's life the very very end where it doesn't matter anymore I was so mad about that I was <sighs> and also it was very funny like we were getting up and I was about ready to see the, our friend out and um the second post credit scene started and I was like, I have to watch this. And she was like, I have to go. She's I'm like, not- I'm not doing it. Yeah, she, literally, she's like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not going to watch it. Fair um, enough. But let's talk about the brother real quick. Okay. Just because let's start, let's start off this discussion by talking about the brother because he is a fellow Alaskan. The actor who plays the young brother or the older brother? The older brother. Like the, the brother as an older person versus the yes. brother's teenager. Okay. Oh, it's the same person though. It's the, the blonde blonde kid that's weird why would they do that but have a different tom holland as a kid yeah i wondered that too um but he was in the outer banks and yeah he's a he's an an alaskan which means that like i have to offer my support (laughs) well i i hope he cashed in on the zero lines of dialogue he got in this film and uh i guess if he was the teenager he got like one scene yeah you know what he's in outer banks for the three seasons i think he just got some sort of like mcu gig he's fine i'm not really that worried about him i'm just always delighted to find other alaskans outside of alaska that's fair yeah um should we break down what this movie's about and then get into all the problems with the brother because i had so many too actually what i learned from james is that and this might make a little sense this movie is actually based off a video game oh that's why it's produced by playstation yep that makes sense i was gonna ask about that because I thought that was very strange. Yeah, no, apparently it's a video game um, that people really loved. Called Uncharted? hmm Okay. I mean, actually, this would probably be a great video game. I know, I know. And it makes sense if you think about certain scenes. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> the one you're thinking about, yeah. Yeah. I can't even talk about that yet. So No, we can't get there yet. We're getting too far ahead of oh ourselves. My yeah, so, okay, let's talk about what this movie's about. So this movie is national treasure yes oh yeah but instead of the constitution has secret 
treasure. It's Magellan's map. Magellan had secret treasure and they're going to find it. Tom Holland is a young grifter who had a brother who abandoned him at a young age. I guess both the parents are dead and that doesn't come up again either. Also, I didn't know there were boys or orphanages in Boston in the 90s. Are they at an orphanage? I thought they were at like a fancy private school. No, they were at an orphanage run by nuns. An orphanage with a world-class art museum inside it? I think that they were robbing maybe like something next door, but no, it's like some sort of St. Francis or St. Thomas boys school, boys orphanage. Mm. (laughs) Okay. But the brother like abandons his Vanden's baby Tom Holland, who's played by a different actor. And that was very strange rather than get arrested and go to kid jail, I guess. Right. I mean, like, what were they going to do? I mean, I guess put them in juvie. Juvie, I guess. And then Tom Holland becomes a bartender who's also a grifter, except for he doesn't, we don't see him using his grifting skills at all, just that we know he has them. Well, we see him stealing the, uh, that bracelet off that girl. Okay. Who I totally thought, so Tom Holland is doing all these like very whizzy bartender tricks that look really dumb. Um, that is not the mark of a good bartender. And we're supposed to believe he is a good bartender, but it never comes up again, I guess. Um, but it does come up one other time he has to bartend. Oh, right. Yeah, but he's- In the club. Like, that's in, not... the, in the club, in the tomb. I know, I know. John Wick too much. <laughs> uh, but he, yeah, he's, that's not the mark of a good bartender. Like you said, it has all the ingredients. It just uh, none of the heart, none of the soul. Yeah. But in any case, he's a bartender. Seems kind of hapless. Has an incredible apartment, of course. Seems to have no family, no friends. And Mark Wahlberg walks into his life immediately. Knows who he is, and he's like, "Hey, you're a con artist. Join me in my con." And Tom Holland's like, "No." Then you know, Mark Wahlberg steals his wallet and like puts a, a calling card in there. He steals the neck, the bracelet that Tom Holland stole from the other girl who I thought we were going to see again, but we never do. No. And she, she was acting very strangely too. Yeah. That's why I thought she was going to be like the introduction. I think she could have just been a, like, it could have just been really poor acting. Well, the bar wasn't. It was strange. Yeah. Yeah. She was Um, giving weird vibes. Equally strange. And you may take objection to this because of the Alaska connection was the brother in the scene where the brother talks to the other brother? Oh um, no, that scene was weird. And I, I'm not. And he has the face of a villain. That brother, I'm like, okay, all right. So the whole movie, I'm like, well, the brother is clearly the super villain behind all this stuff, and they're gonna find him because he's the one orchestrating all this, and he is the bad guy behind Antonio Banderas or whoever, or you know, Joe, or he's gonna. I definitely thought he was gonna be on the boat when they find the boats. Yeah, I kept waiting for him to pop up and be alive. The no. film doesn't do that. Um, but what they do do is they basically have Tom Holland agree to join up with Mark Wahlberg to hunt down Magellan's lost treasure. What was the deal with Mark Wahlberg's, I don't want to say his face, but... Throughout the whole film, the, the tone that Mark Wahlberg was giving was strange. Oh no! <laughs> Several times during the movie, and I wrote this down, it felt like Mark Wahlberg thought that he and Tom Holland were the same age. Yeah, yeah. Like the character, like they're, we're equals, we're like bros. And like, you are his father, perhaps his grandfather. Okay, I had the same problem, but especially when it came to Joe and- him. I was just about to say, the problem happened, exactly. In the two moments where he assumed, or two or three moments where he assumes that Tom Holland is like, trying to get with one of these ladies that's his ex-girlfriend 
<laughs> it's so bizarre. And Tom Holland's clearly not thinking about that. And Wahlberg is like, yeah, don't even try it. Like she's dangerous, bro. It's like, ew, you're his dad, definitely. What I know. Wait, sorry, what a mistake to not make him his dad. Oh, totally. I'm secretly your dad. Right, if, if you're gonna go all out in the movie about Magellan's treasure with, I'm just gonna spoil it here, flying ships. That was great. Yeah, he should have been his dad. Or his uncle. How are they not related? But it was weird. It was, it was so weird. I also, so I loved the Italian job with Mark Wahlberg growing up. Loved that movie. I bought him as kind of like a con artist, but not necessarily like white collar con artist. Um, he was also kind of a grifter, but I had the same problem with Mark Wahlberg. Well, I had a lot of problems with him, but that, but you know how in Red Notice, I was like, I don't believe Ryan Reynolds is an art thief. I don't believe that Mark Wahlberg is necessarily this kind of con artist. Like, I don't believe he'd want to like jump through any windows or like roll around in the, the dirt. Like, are you saying you'd want him with like a bit more scruff or? Yeah. I mean, he seemed at home walking through that pizza hut. <laughs> you see, like that's the pizza hut seemed like the appropriate scenario for him to be doing a heist at a pizza hut. Meanwhile, we have Tom Holland and this other girl like in the catacombs. It felt right that he had, was in a pizza hut to me. This casting was just so weird, but that's because Mark Wahlberg is dad. He's yeah. like picking up the pizza for his kids. Yeah, it's established that Wahlberg knows uh, Tom Holland's brother was also a con man then he <laughs> uh it's revealed that tom holland has postcards from his brother and i immediately wrote down oh postcards are a key to the treasure oh yeah but he doesn't figure that out till way later also there's a ring he's wearing which doesn't come up in the film that made me so mad it was like so part of the little speech that um uh, big bro, big Alaskan bro gives Tom Holland. <laughs> His little bro, Tom Holland. Little bro, Tom Holland, in the beginning is how they are descended from uh, the Francis Drake, the explorer. Tom Holland's name is Nate Drake, which is a little too rhyming for me. But that never really comes up. I mean, it's not even like, oh, we're descended from the explorer and this is like a genuine artifact. Right. That could have been used to figure out where this treasure is, but it never no. Or at least been like a thing that marks him as like a person of interest, like, you know, like a thing that like, people, like the bad guys will see and go, uh oh, or they'll go, oh, this guy like is that, you know? Yeah, it should have been like a secret token for him to get into the catacombs or whatever. Yes, it should, it should have come into play at any point, um, but it didn't. You just forgot all about it. You know, I was like, okay, he's at a huge apartment and now they're immediately partners. And then Tom Holland takes off his shirt and he does a lot of pull ups and push ups. Yeah, that's where I went. I'm the wrong audience for this. I well, then it's established in the same scene that he's also a genius. Right. He's working out. He's like getting his fitness in and he's also a complete genius. And he's like decoding stuff and reading this and that. And like, The problem is that the movie has to tell us a bunch of stuff, even though it thinks it's showing us. Like we didn't actually see scenes where Tom Holland uses that genius. We just saw scenes of him and Mark Wahlberg reciting history. Well, pretend history facts too. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I guess we see him be smart when he decodes his brother's code, but we don't really. It's just a montage scene where we see Chloe fall asleep and he's like, hmm, what about, bro? Hmm, what? 
I got it. Uh, and then I also had a thought. So this is when Tom Holland, they're about to go to the fancy party, which happened right away in this film, the fancy gala. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is like a heist movie kind of. All right. So Tom Holland texts like a list of, of materials he needs to Wahlberg. A suit, this kind of metal cutter thing, um, and a cat. And so Wahlberg's like, okay. And basically the it was, this was a cute moment, but it should have come back around um, in a major way. But he's like, oh, the cat's actually for you because you seem like you have a very sad life, <laughs> which is so, funny. It's funny too, because, so there's this Netflix series based on a book series that I haven't read, but I really like the author's other work um, called Shadow and Bone. And it is like a heist series or like moment basically. And the exact same thing happens where the one of the people like requires a list of things and one of the things is a sheep or like a goat and they pass the goat to another character and they're like oh this is for you you're gonna you're gonna want to stay calm and it's actually like Uh a very sweet moment he's like it's funny but it lands so much better than this one did but I had a note right here (laughs) because they're walking into the gala and uh they've established you know there's like five billion dollars in the line and Tom Holland's gonna get some of it um, he actually never argues for a percentage. He first says 50% and then Wahlberg says 10%. And then Tom Holland's like, we'll see. Does he not care? Does he think like, oh, well, 10% of however much is still a really good deal. So very strange. Very strange that he didn't advocate for himself. But as they're walking in, um, Wahlberg says to him, if anything goes wrong or like if one little thing goes wrong or if like Joe interrupts us, there's no money for in it for all for either of us you know like it's all over and I was like well fuck he's already <laughs> invested so much time in this and then he's not going to get paid and I wrote down like, freelancing is so hard well right and then there's the thing of like as we know in these action movies if you're working for the person you know how are they going to pay you Venmo yes you're not I'm like I wrote down like he's doing all this work and the job could just go right away with no payday and then, yeah, how is he actually going to get his money without shooting the other guy? But then if he shoots the other guy, how is he going to get his money? I need just a few lines of dialogue in the next action movie that explains how people expect to get paid. Well, then there's the next question, because they do run off with some gold. Where do they sell it? To whom? Yeah. Right. What are the proper channels of communication when you're selling centuries-old gold in large chunks? Right, in large chunks in the form of jewelry. I mean, I guess the black market, but do people in the black market want a thing they don't know about and can't also sell? Maybe there's an intermediary person who buys the gold and then turns around and sells it to museums or like stages it. I don't know. It seems like a lot of work and they'd have to take a giant cut. And a lot of waiting to get paid. I kind of thought the whole thing about finding treasure was that you didn't have to wait to get paid. (laughs) I mean, one of the things that I would say National Treasure does better than this one is that they make it very clear that like finding the treasure is sort of like the the primary motivation for Nicolas Cage's character like and setting his family name right whereas Mm -hmm. this one it's literally like money. Well I I did feel they tried to make it for Tom Holland like I'm going to finish the job my brother and I started except where's the brother and except like that just felt like an afterthought too. Yeah, I agree. But it couldn't have been all about money because he didn't argue for a fair cut. <laughs> no, no. And then when the money came around, he didn't want it. I mean, the the gold. Wahlberg's taking the gold and putting it in his backpack and Tom Holland's like rolling his eyes like, you're so materialistic. That's right. what you're there for. 
I mean, come on, he's supposed to live in New York. Did you see that apartment? He's doing fine. Right. I guess he's making enough money bartending and stealing things. I guess so. Anyway, at the auction gala, we learned that Antonio Banderas is our big baddie. Yeah, what'd you think of him? Toothless. Yeah, I didn't think much of him. I like Antonio Banderas. He did absolutely. I, I like nothing. the actor. Yeah. The character, yeah, he did nothing. He wasn't actually scary. No. He had no purpose, really. Yeah. And I guess he facilitated his dad's death, but that wasn't scary. No, I mean, Joe is the one who did all the throat slitting. Yeah. She was actually my favorite character. I liked her too. This is where we meet Joe. Tell us about Joe. Joe is very cool. She's like the, she's kind of like the gal Friday to Antonio Banderas's villain in the sense that she does everything that he doesn't want to do. She'll like yeah. kill people. She'll run security. She'll. She's like double. his henchman. Yeah. Um, she seems like very much like a guy's girl. Yes, she does. I think she needs more female friends. Yeah. She, she didn't have one. Nope. But yeah, she's like his henchman and I guess she and Wahlberg have a history. Right. Among implausible things in this film that I just didn't believe. How old is Mark Wahlberg in this film? In this, oh, in this film, I believe his character is supposed to be 37. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes, well, because you made a really good point about how he's bantering with, with, He's uh, acting as if they're the same age, but he couldn't right. be more wrong. Or like, a, he's acting as if he's his older brother's age, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, maybe 29, 32. And Tom um, Holland can't be more than like 23 at this point, right? I think the film wants us to believe he's like 25. They're not contemporaries. No. It's very strange that Mark Wahlberg thinks they're going after the same girls. And that the girls are closer in age, especially Joe, to... Tom Holland. So I looked it up. Mark Wahlberg is 51. Not 53. Tom Holland. Yeah. Tom Holland is 26. So there's like a heist at this gala. Tom Holland is another example of Mark Wahlberg's character, like really belonging in a pizza hut. He does not get involved in the action. No. He sits calmly at an auction. Just sits there. And Tom Holland goes and fights some bad guys and like you know, twiddles around with the electricity or something and steals this cross for them. I know I complained about it bitterly in Top Gun about, you know, needing to pass the torch to the younger generation, but I think this was passed too much. Like I would believe that Mark Wahlberg would get in on the fight or if he wasn't like a little bit more dialogue about how he was playing it smart and not like not doing it. Sure, or even a line about how he's exasperated by it all now. Like, oh, I'm over it. Right. Or like, I don't need to get my hands dirty to get the thing I want. But we don't see that. And instead, we have Tom Holland doing something I had always wanted to do, which was to jump onto those like hanging light fixtures <laughs> and swing from them. He swings from this massive chandelier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the other stupid thing they do, and this goes along with the list of not bringing back the cat at any important point, not bringing back the brother or the dead parents or the ring around his neck is they sit in a cab and they show each other the stolen art, the stolen yeah. cross. And they talk about it. Oh, you did a, such a good job stealing it in front of the cab driver. I know. Couldn't we see him just like text a bad guy afterwards? You would think, or 
just text somebody being like, oh my God, you'll never believe what I'm overhearing. Right. Like it's, I thought that was idiotic. Anyway, and then the next morning they meet Chloe. They go to Barcelona. Yes. And that's kind of where I felt like it started to pick up more for me. Like the movie was like, and now we're going. Yeah. Like this was just a warm up. I mean, we didn't even talk about the way the movie opened. No, we didn't. It opened uh, in media res. So like at a a later point in the film, right in the middle. And uh, Tom Holland is hanging off of cargo that's dangling from a ship and a plane in the air. That CGI was so bad. (laughs) Not as bad as when they're on the the boats in the air. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more Uncharted. And we're back. So back to Barcelona, they go almost to where I personally have sat and had a beer myself on the steps. It looked beautiful. It made Barcelona look so beautiful. I know. I really wanted to go. Me too. I want to go there now. Do you want to go run a heist and exchange crosses and yep, find some treasure? I'll go to the Pizza Hut with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> instead of the catacombs because I don't want to drown. Yeah, but that dance party looked kind of fun. Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland decide to meet with one of Mark Wahlberg's colleagues. Ex-girlfriends, clearly. Right, Right. yeah. Again, this woman named Chloe, who is, you know, the movie tells us is just every bit as slippery as Mark Wahlberg. And she's got, you know, she's got one of the crosses and, Mm -hmm. and then it's revealed that during the meeting, she steals the other cross from Tom Holland, like lifts it off of him while they're while, he, while she's busy like dazzling him I guess but I didn't really get any sort of sense of chemistry between them nope he didn't seem dazzled to me again this is another moment where Wal- Wahlberg's like don't go there bro and Tom seemed like what I know <laughs> I'm not really interested in that right now I'm sort of just interested in the mission at hand and Chloe tells us about her bad dad oh this is the part oh man when it's a little ahead but uh, during the movie um, when uh, the friend I was watching it with was like I'm sorry you're just gonna stop breaking into the church and like have this conversation it's like <laughs> they couldn't keep going and like unlock stuff they had to put down oh I know that she was like and my dad you know he didn't he didn't like sell the artifact to a museum he took it for himself it was just such a weird thing. And I, I wish it almost hadn't been so on the nose. Right. Like, Why not have it just be like my dad left us as a kid? Right. Not He's- I found an artifact and I wanted to give it to a museum because I'm good like you. But my dad was bad like Mark Wahlberg. I wanted to keep it for himself and he abandoned me like your brother abandoned you. Right. It was just so. This is also the point where they start pulling out this book a ton so basically chloe who is the girl um mark Wahlberg and tom holland have figured out but mostly tom holland figured it out that the place that they're referencing that they need to take the crosses to because their keys is this church and they figured it out based on this book that mark Wahlberg found with alaskan brother i guess before the film started right but it was just like they keep pulling out this book that looks like it's supposed to be so aged and like they're not using gloves they're not storing it in any special sort of way um and I just got it was like every single time there was a question they'd be like 
what does the book say? Like, they kept saying it. Like Chloe was like, well, what does the book say? I know. What's the book say? I wrote down, what does the book say several times during my notes? And the book says that they have to go to this church and then unlock a passageway. And one way will lead one person to heaven and the other person to hell. Um, with Club hell. <laughs> Club hell, yep. <laughs> um, with a caveat to trust your brother basically mm-hmm. um so they do the keys and mark Wahlberg gets it wrong they like insert the crosses into this altar and they turn it counterclockwise no they turn it clockwise and it shoots like indiana style indiana jones style darts at them yeah and they turn it the other way and meanwhile they've like oh this was another thing they like find all these clues but it's like they don't even look at the clues they just sort of look at the floor and they're like, I see it immediately. It takes them no time at all to find anything or to like think. It feels like a video game in that way. Like one thing leads to the next thing. But okay. So they, they turn the keys, the altar swings open and Chloe and Tom Holland decide to go to descend into hell while Mark Wahlberg tracks them on his phone. There wasn't actually, there was actually a funny like joke made about like how many apps he has open. Yeah, that was cute. For him as a an elder. year old. Yeah, as an elder. <laughs> of course. Anyway, so while Tom Holland and Chloe traverse these caverns underground and sewers and this and that and find little clues and booby traps, um, Mark Wahlberg walks along a, a very nice street in Barcelona doing nothing, just having a fine time on the pavement not getting hurt, not getting dirty, not getting pursued, not, no, yeah, not even getting pursued by bad guys until he walks into a Papa John's and, and has like a very small fight there. He just has yeah. such an easy time at it. And basically Joe shows up at the Papa John's and he fights her there. And there's a clue in the Papa John's and, you know, whatever they figure it out. It really doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. Um, basically they all end up alive. Chloe tries to betray him. She betrays him in this cavern, stealing the big map they found. That was oh, right. salt. Because they go to the big treasure room and- It's salt, but it's yeah. a map. Anyway, they get out of it, but we never see how um, Wahlberg gets out of the Papa John's fight. Like what happened to Joe? How did it end? Did he just, did, I mean, at the time I'm like, did he kill her? Did he just leave her there and run away? Like we don't see how that ends. No, maybe Joe's like, okay, bye. Oh, and then Joe at uh, Papa John's is like, you betrayed me to Sully, to Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I forgot his name was Sully until you just said that. I always think about the monster from Monsters, Inc. His name's Sully. He's the big cute oh, one. Yeah, I love Sully. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. Joe says to Mark Wahlberg, you betrayed me. Right. What was that about? Was that about like a prior mission we didn't see or like the, a relationship they've had? I think it's got to be the relationship and like why she turned bad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm spitballing here, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's, you know, with these kinds of people, it's like, you know, jobs and relationships, they're all woven into one. So he betrayed her on a job, which meant that he betrayed her in the relationship. Wow. <laughs> I know I'm, in, I'm incredible. <clears throat> this. I like it. Um, this is also when, who is it one of them says about the brother do you remember this I don't remember who says it but like your brother was killed by this person 
Oh, that's where Mark, because earlier Chloe had asked Mark if, if he was going to tell um, Tom Holland what actually happened to Sam. Oh, and that's right, in the big stone, like where the pillars of salt are, and like the big treasure room where there wasn't treasure, Chloe betrays them. And Chloe says to Tom Holland, you know, you're a really good guy because of my backstory. I oh yeah, you're a good guy. I'm... <laughs> yeah, but you should ask Mark Wahlberg about what really happened to Sam. Make sure he tells you. And that's when, and then afterward, that's when we learn that Mark Wahlberg basically walked away from Sam after he got shot. So he's like, yeah, like I left your brother to die. And he's kind of a jerk about it to Tom Holland. He's like, whatever, I kept moving. And then Tom Holland decides right away to forgive him, to just like continue the mission. Why would he do that? I don't know. So at first, when the, when Mark Wahlberg shows up and Tom Holland is like, I don't want to be part of your con. I was like, oh, this is hero's journey. This is like the dismissal. This makes sense. But Tom Holland says such an immediate turnaround in the beginning to be like, yeah, I want to join your con. That it doesn't really make sense. And the same thing happens here. Like this should be a really big, like dark red soul for him. And he should not have to come back unless he has to. Right, right. What's his motivation for rejoining the mission? Because money isn't the motivation. And now he knows his brother is dead, which all the while earlier, he's not like, hey, where's my brother? Is my brother going to be there? Uh, do you think you're going to introduce me to my brother? Because what Wahlberg should have been saying the whole time is, oh yeah, your brother's going to meet us in Barcelona. Yeah. Oh, your brother's going to meet us in the Philippines. Oh, exactly. Oh, your brother just said, oh, he just texted me and he said, actually, I'm going to meet you here. Um, dangling it along, but he doesn't yeah. do that. So it changes nothing knowing that he's dead because that's not the reason Tom Holland seems to be out there. Or if it is, why doesn't he ask Mark Wahlberg more about the brother earlier? Hey, where is my brother? Right. How did you two meet? Right. What is he going to be doing on this job? Why could he only send me postcards all these years and not visit me? Also, shouldn't he be mad at his brother for abandoning him a little bit? I think he, that's the reason why he's not, like the movie wants us to believe that's the reason why he's not asking all these questions because he is mad at Sam. Because when he comes back to Wahlberg, he's like, Sam abandoned me at 10 years old. Blah, 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 sort of deal. So I didn't, I didn't get anything but reverence for his brother from him to me, but I may, I miss that line. Yeah, it's literally like a line. Yeah. Um, so. I missed that. You caught. That's. Good. I'm glad they put in something. Yeah. Here's here's the bad dad scene uh, where Antonio Banderas is like, well, this never comes back either. This doesn't matter whatsoever because oh, Antonio no. Banderas and his family don't matter soon enough. Mm-hmm. But apparently, Antonio Banderas has like generational wealth, and his dad puts in a newspaper. I'm mm-hmm. going to donate all my money to charity, and Antonio Banderas is like, Daddy, don't. Dad, but you said you would, but dad. But daddy, that's my money. But daddy, it belongs to me. And the dad's like, are you really going to ruin like my one moment of peace? (laughs) And then he's like, but daddy, okay, bye. And then he has Joe kill him. Yeah. See, here's what I thought was going to happen when we discovered that there was no gold in the big treasure cavern. Of the salt? Yeah, they found them out. I thought it was going to be that Antonio Banderas' family had discovered it, and that was where their generational wealth came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where the movie would have gone from there, 
but we should have gone to somewhere with the brother being the villain oh yeah or like they still want to make this big discovery even if the gold is technically gone or like that was only a fraction of the gold i don't know well they keep making the point that the ships themselves are worth billions right even if they took the gold off of the ships but they they could still uncover the ships the ships are still worth just as much yeah well they get smashed up yeah spoiler alert (laughs) um but we're back now to the the point that started the film the in media res scene um where there's a cargo plane and there's a fancy car and it turns out chloe's working for the bad guy antonio banderas but not for long because joe kills him yep she's it's a very bloodless death for slitting his throat oh yeah yeah, right there's no pool of blood it's literally just like a line across his throat and he's like blah (laughs) yeah and all the henchmen are like great cool i guess joe's officially in charge Mm-hmm. And Chloe's like, oh, I guess I might be in trouble. She doesn't want to be friends with me. That's right. Joe's not a girl's girl. So Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg have stowed away onto the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fight ensues. And another important moment, uh, Tom Holland is like, hey, did you kill my brother to Joe? And she's like, wink, like, I'm not going to say. I know. No, what she says is, this is a very bad idea. I really wanted her to say in this moment, like, yeah, get over it, basically. Mm-hmm. But of course she can't say that because he's not actually dead. But I wanted Doesn't to- Doesn't she say something to that effect later, though, even though he's not dead? She kind of confesses to it. Mm. Oh, you're there's, right. Yeah. There's a whole big scene. It was very fast and furious to drive a car off a, a moving plane. Yeah, physics, the laws of physics go by the wayside here. Oh, yeah, the, the car manages to fall upright the entire time. Oh, I know. And then he's able to jump out of the car and jump to Chloe like he's wearing some sort of air. Oh, yes, because he would be so much heavier than this huge metal cube <laughs> of cargo. I know. That's been dropping before him. They luck out because they fall into the ocean and onto a luxury resort. I know. That was like, wait, what? What movie are we in? I did you understand the moment with that man? No, but I think that must have been something from the video game. That's what it felt um, like to me. Or it was like a cameo from somebody, but because but because it was a video game, I think it was like that must have been like a character from the video game or something. Yeah. They arrive at this luxury resort instead of just giving up and living off of Sully's credit cards. Where'd he go, by the way? Where is Wahlberg? Unclear. Oh, are we are supposed to think he's dead? No, remember because he jumped off the plane because he had the parachute and he was oh, like, "Okay, so he's parachute kid in the ocean somewhere." It yeah, seems. but um, Tom Holland somehow has his credit cards, mm-hmm. so they check themselves into this luxury hotel. Looks nice. Looks really nice, and they're like pattering around the room, and Tom Holland is staring at his collection of postcards. And realizes that he does know the secret message that his brother left for him. And the lighter that has never worked is finally going to work. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like reveals invisible ink. Um, I have a question. Do, are we supposed to assume that they were just Chloe and Tom Holland were just sharing a bed or did they have sex? Sharing a bed. Okay. Yeah. This felt like an incredibly sexless film. Yeah. He leaves the coordinates for Chloe when she wakes up we think but it's a love test 
it's a test of loyalty to see if she'll take the bait because he's pretending to be asleep and she does and she takes them and then they're the wrong coordinates and then he like cackles and pulls out the right coordinates <laughs> and is off on his merry way he's like i tricked you and then they both have uh jet boats what are they called sure they somehow both got boats yeah speed boats mm-hmm. they both have cool speed boats and they're driving off in opposite directions anyway long story short he finds the pirates of the caribbean set yes in any case he finds two ships all of pirates of the caribbean in a cavern um Wahlberg appears somehow um i guess because he's been like doing find my phone oh right yeah and find my phone only works around other cell phones by the way doesn't work like mm. in the middle of nowhere but okay they get on the boat and they see there's treasure and Mark Wahlberg's so excited and Tom Holland's like who needs money materialistic but he's a thief too he wouldn't want like I mean I guess he does take a little bit of treasure for later sure but take take more treasure right and then of course Joe shows up with her henchmen and this is where the movie really sets sail (laughs) this is one of the this has to be one of the action set pieces they sold this movie on oh absolutely basically joe has rigged a helicopter helicopter to come and pick up these ships so these ships are lifted into the air this 400 500 year old wood which almost (laughs) certainly would have like disintegrated rotted rotted or disintegrated there it's somehow intact enough so they can use a helicopter to like lift it up Uh, completely undamaged so there's one helicopter per ship and they're lifted so high into the air that they're floating ships through the <laughs> sky. And then the epic battle commences. That's right. And they have swords and, and Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, you know, fight a bunch of guys. This is the first scene that Mark Wahlberg's really doing any fighting in too. They're fighting. They toss this guy off the boat, that guy off the boat, slit this guy's throat um, all the while. And then at one point, Tom Holland's like, you're going to have to hijack the helicopter. And Wahlberg's like, okay. Yeah. And so he does. And that, and that felt to me like also something out of a video game where it's like, okay, this is the level where you have to get into the helicopter. And- That's right. You, you accomplish this on the boat. Now you have to climb up and get to the next boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's driving the helicopter and Tom's on the ship and they're like smashing these ships into each other, into rocks. Right, for all the talk about how valuable the ships are, nobody's really that concerned with, like, keeping them intact. Well, even Joe was like, don't get a bullet in my ship. Right. But now bullets are everywhere. They're smashing things left and right. And so Tom Holland gets his cannonball, and he shoots down the other helicopter, the bad guys in it, with a cannonball. That, I wrote this down, though, the minute that he found the pirate ships, he also should have found his brother. He should have been yes, like- the brother should have been on the ship. Mm-hmm. He should have been like, pirate ship, Sam, oh my God, what are you should have been, here? Sam should have been there and Sam is evil. Right, and Sam only thing like, works. I've been tracking you the whole time and I got here before you because I'm evil. Well, no, then he would have been like, oh my gosh, now we can do work together. Now we can do it. And then he, he reveals that he's aligned with Joe and- Then he's evil. Tom, right, and Tom Holland is like, I can't, you can't, we can't work together. Like, what's what wrong about- with you? You're evil right. now. What about this? The ring has a tracker in it and he's been tracking him his whole life. Mm. And 
He, that's, you led me to the treasure all along. This is my ultimate goal. And now that I'm here, let's, let's partner up brother, but actually I'm evil. Just like you're right. saying, like, but with the ring is the. I love that ring. And actually also that would have worked great if the brothers had broken into the museum at the very beginning of the movie. And Tom Holland knew all this stuff about like history and Magellan and all this stuff. And the brother's like, oh, wow, treasure, huh? That's that would have been better, but but no, they equally are big history nerds at the orphanage. Right. Yeah, and then another stupid thing. This is a very video game imagery, but the backpack Mark Wahlberg fills with his treasure, he doesn't zip up. Zip it up, put it on your back. It has your precious right. treasure. They drop the ship in the water, and I'm like, the ship would not float. That ship is not <laughs> seaworthy. The ship would but it floats for a little while. Right. And then it's revealed that they can't go after because the Philippines government is going to sinks, And then the Philippines are already on top of it. Um, it turns out Chloe's alive and Mark Wahlberg's like, oh, my treasure. Um, and then Tom's like, I actually have some treasure. Here it is for you. And I, I hope Tom didn't give like Wahlberg all of his gold. I know. Why would he do that also? Also, this is a part this is not actually a line from National Treasure, but it's a line that I think should be in there. And it applies to this movie too, where it's, you know, oh no, my treasure. Son, the treasure is in your heart. Inexplicably, Tom Holland gives what appears to be all of his treasure to Wahlberg. And Wahlberg is like, my treasure, yay. And the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs> As they, they fly up into the sunset in a helicopter. But it, it's not the ending because there's two post-credit scenes, one immediately where we see the brothers live in a jail cell. Then we get the second post-credit scene. So Tom Holland is sitting in like some beach bar with a man who, if you saw him in real life, you'd be like, I don't want to be anywhere near that person. He looked like Joshua Jackson to me to the point I was like, it is Joshua Jackson, but it wasn't. No, it's the guy from Iron Fist or... It's like one of the Marvel TV shows that was not good. Oh. I think that's who it is. Anyway, he's got an eye patch and a real scruffy beard and looks pretty unsavory. Um, and he's negotiating with Tom Holland to get Tom Holland's ring, which doesn't make sense because we don't, we haven't established that the ring is anything. Right. We don't know the ring is valuable. Also, they've ignored it the entire film. Tom Holland hands over the ring in exchange for the next gig. But the eye patch guy is going to try and double cross him, but he doesn't because Mark Wahlberg comes in cosplaying as Miles Teller, who's cosplaying as <laughs> Goose um, in Top Gun with a cat backpack. With, like and a cat. terrible mustache. Right, right. Cosplaying as Miles Teller as Brewster in Top Gun. And, and his cat in a backpack. And he makes a, a point of being like, well, I travel with him everywhere. Meanwhile, any cat owner could look at that cat and being like, your cat's about to escape and bite you. So good luck. We didn't zip up that backpack either. I know. Anyway, they're off on their next adventure and and we made it through this movie. And then it ends with they they see someone and say, oh crap. So that was this movie. Did you like it more or less than their other unmovie last week? I mean, it was like fun. It wasn't very good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think... We could write this movie so much better. It just feels like there's so many opportunities for them to connect things, to not leave so many threads hanging. Mm-hmm. And they just don't. 
Yeah, it really felt like this was this maybe a second draft script or maybe or even a third, but certainly not. It should not have been the final draft. I wonder if the video game's any fun. James says it's really fun and like people really like playing it. I mean, I can I can buy it. I mean, if you're flying ships with helicopters, that sounds fun. <laughs> what did you like about this movie? Okay. I like Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. I like him as an actor. And I think he did the best he could with not very much to do. What about you? What did you like about this film? Yeah, I agree with you on all of those points. I liked Jo. I thought she was fun. I thought the mm-hmm. actress did a nice job with what she had. Yeah. And made her into kind of a, a fun character. I liked the idea that it was going to be like a fun romp and adventure movie, even if it did not pan out at all. What trash can fire would you give this? I think it's a two. It's not very good. <laughs> it's just not very good. Um, and it's not even fun to look at because the CG is so bad. Yeah, it just didn't do it for me. What about you? How many trash can fires would you give it? Well, oh, two. Absolutely. I thought before we started, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do two and a half because it's certainly not a three. Mm. It's also not a one. But right. we've seen worse movies. Yeah, I think it's a real solid two. It's just not good. Yeah. It's not that much fun. No. But it's like none of it has any heart or any meaning. So it just all falls flat. And then you're eating something and it's like chalky. Yeah. And you're like, did they like mix the baking powder in right? Because I'm tasting it. Yeah. I'm tasting each individual ingredient. (laughs) Yeah. But not the cookie. Or even like delicious, you know, cookie dough, which would be like some films we've seen where it's just like stupid fun. Yeah. You know, it's not complete, but you're enjoying the journey part of it. Cookie dough when made right can be really, really good though. So that's what I mean. Yeah. But you, but you know, you're doing it wrong when you're eating it. You're like, I could get salmonella poison. That goes through your mind. Of course. Cause you're eating raw eggs. Yeah. And then the second thought is like, it's a little gross and I'm eating just raw cookie dough. But it's so good. But it's delicious. So of course you do and you really enjoy it while it's happening. Which movies are raw cookie dough for you? Because that's what I'm thinking about. Ooh. Um, cookie, which movies are cookies? Oh, I think, I think Top Gun is probably cookie dough for me. Yeah. You know, whereas like Hannah is cookie. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick is definitely raw cookie dough for me. Oh yeah. Both of those Fun. movies. It's stupid. It's fun. Mm-hmm. That brings us to the end of Uncharted. Our next film next week is going to be, I almost said Three Fast, Three Furious, <laughs> which it should have been called that, but The Fast yeah. and the Furious 3, Tokyo Drift. Yes, we are on our second lap of The Fast and the Furious. As mentioned, we watched the first one, we watched Two Fast and Furious, and Rebecca and I had feelings, very strong feelings about this movie the first time we watched it so we'll see if like those feelings are tempered and maybe it won't be such raw eggs but it will take the form of cookie dough I think there'll be some raw eggs in there for sure based on my memory um but I do expect from you a monologue of sorts an impression of a certain accent <laughs> in this film to be prepared for the podcast when we meet again listen there's no preparing that accent it's a hodgepodge of various accents. And I you're an actor. I'm asking my friend, the professional actor, <laughs> to please prepare 
a piece for me in a certain accent from the film. You're right. I, you're my, you, the casting director, are asking me, the actor, That's right. to prepare this accent. Well, I shall do my best. Okay, you can, you can take a selection of dialogue from the film. That's really ideal. Okay. And then um, please prepare it to perform. I may also perform my interpretation as well. I love it. We can, we can do a reading. Solidarity. Yes. I understand the assignment. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, if you too would like to understand the assignment, uh, you can watch Tokyo Drift if you'd like. If not, we'll be doing our usual thing of spoiling it all anyway. It's an older movie too, so you've had enough time. Yeah, I don't feel bad about that one. <laughs> However, if you'd like to send other movie recommendations, please send it to ladiesgetaction at gmail.com. You can also send us praise compliments to our Instagram account at ladiesgetaction. Otherwise, Rebecca, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Ringley Casting. Um, and in the meantime, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a five-star review and a written review as well on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And Rin, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Rin Olson, R-I-N-O-L-S-S-O-N, or on my website at rinolson.com. Until next time, get, get some, some action. action.